He can do it. I can do it. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but today is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And um, I'm going to preach about a man that I have never preached about before in the Bible. Not in my entire life. I've never heard my dad preach about this man. And I'm not really, I guess, going to, you know, on Pentecost Sunday, I, I just thought, well, I need to finally talk to you about him. But I'm glad you're here. We are, in fact, growing apostolic legacy, great history. And we have a powerful history in this church, in this area. And today is, in fact, Pentecost Sunday. And uh, 50 days, seven weeks after Easter. Uh, actually, I believe the day of Pentecost was maybe the 16th this week. But we celebrated on this Sunday. Uh, being the seventh Sunday from Easter, 49, 7 times 7, 49, and all of these uh, things. And we're here, and I, I appreciate, and those were praying for Sister Jessica Woolard, another young lady that is going through a, a severe trial right now and I can go through Brother Tracy and I can go through and look at the individuals and her husband is in the hospital maybe there for nine months year don't know and carrying a heavy burden with all of those things and I, I you look around and you see the trials and yet they sang this song today powerful if you've got Chains, he's a chain breaker. And that's what Pentecost Sunday is all about. Is that ability somehow that the Lord has of changing everything. And I know I said I would preach about a man. And I've never really preached about him very much. Because we only have his name mentioned a couple of times. And it was in the letter that Paul wrote. I mean rather that Luke wrote in his gospel and the book of Acts. And if it were not for Theophilus, oh Theophilus, I don't know why the Lord would have Luke come in contact with this man. We know very little about him. We know very little about uh, anything about the man, meaning, you know, uh, who was he? Was he a Greek? Uh, was he, uh, you know, was he, um, uh, was he uh, prominent uh, in, and I will show you when, we, when you read about him in the book of Luke, he is used, uh, he's addressed by Luke as most excellent Theophilus. The word, Greek word for excellent Theophilus is what you would normally say your honor or uh, you would make a statement to a governor or an official and uh, that was written, uh, he, Theophilus sounds Greek to me, it's all Greek I know, but uh, as a name it's not like Abraham, oh Moses, oh Saul, oh Paul, but it's a Greek name, Theophilus, sounds like the Acropolis and uh, whatever. So uh, we'll turn to the book of Acts and look at the first chapter and you kind of get an understanding. Here he, here he is, uh, Paul, Luke rather opens up his book and we know that Luke 
followed and was along with Paul. So possibly Theophilus was somebody that came in contact with Paul, whose name had been Saul, and Luke was with him. And at some point in their journeys, he must have made contact with this very prominent man, this very important man, and he wrote two books to him, two letters to him. One we call the Gospel of Luke, and the other one is the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And that's how it's addressed. You open the letter and it says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. And that O Theophilus is like a Mr. Theophilus, oh Theophilus, uh, that title of, of giving some sense of honor to Theophilus. And he says, oh Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. So what Luke is reminding Theophilus is I wrote a letter already to you. In the book of Luke, it's what we call Luke, but it's a former letter. And he says, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do, action, and to teach until the day he was taken up. Now, basically, he's opening this letter to say, I'm going to take you from the beginning of the taking up period until whenever I finish the book the Acts of the Apostles. So the book, the first book was all about what Jesus began and do until the day he was taken up. After that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the Apostles whom he had chosen. To whom he showed himself alive after his passion. We know that's the crucifixion, the passion. We know we hear it called the passion play. By many infallible proofs, having been seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now Luke was a witness. He was one of the disciples. Now if you go back to the book of Luke, the first chapter, this is how he opens his first letter to Theophilus. He says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth a declaration of those things that are most surely believed among us. That's old King James. I'll read it to you in the message. But basically what Luke was saying is, you've heard a lot of stories about what happened, and now I'm going to give it to you straight as a witness of what went on. He says, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. He said, I was there. And ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order. So he said, Theophilus, I am writing these books basically so that you will understand what really happened and why what's going on right now and you'll be able to piece it together. Then this is where he uses the phrase most excellent Theophilus that thou mightest know the certainty of those things 
wherein thou hast been instructed. Now, as I said, if I read that to you in the message, it might be a little clearer. Basically, what it was saying was, so many others have tried their hand at putting together a story of the wonderful harvest of scripture and history that took place among us. Using reports handed down by original eyewitnesses who served this word with their very lives. Since I have investigated all the reports in close detail. Now we know Luke was a physician and, and, and he was a detailed man. And we see from these works that he was also somewhat of a historian. And he said, I've examined these other letters and people that have said things in close detail, starting from the story's beginning. And he said, I decided to write it all out for you and most honorable Theophilus, so you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt the reliability of what you were taught. So, who was he? We don't know. And <clears throat> was this written? The earliest it could be written to have recorded the historical events that happened in the book of Acts had to be about 62 AD. If Jesus was born at zero and he was crucified at 33, then this was about 30 years after his death. Uh, if he was born before then and we don't know the calendar and he was crucified at zero then this was about 60 years after his death I don't know I don't know exactly and historians don't know exactly when he was born and when he was crucified they like to use zero and crucified at 33 but we know it was about 30 years after the death of Jesus Christ and we don't know where he came in contact with Theophilus. And we know that the Luke records interactions with Greeks uh, in the 17th chapter. Famous chapter because he ends up going to Mars Hill in this chapter. But he left a city by the name of Thessalonica or Thessaloniki as it would be in Greek. And the Bible says that in Luke's recording, he said some of them believed, consorted with Paul and Silas, of the devout Greeks, a great multitude. Maybe Theophilus was in that group there in the first part of the 17th chapter. Chief women, not a few. And notice, you know, the fact that he's talking about chief women and, and a, a great multitude of Greeks. Maybe Theophilus was there in Thessaloniki or Niki. Uh, but the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took upon them a certain lewd fellows of baser sort, gathered a company, and set all the city in uproar, assaulted the house of Jason, and bring them out of the people and when they found them not they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city and you know what they were accused of these men have turned the world upside down and they're here in Thessaloniki now that might have been what prompted Theophilus to start questioning you're saying these guys have turned the world upside down and that might have been, he was one of the believers that had received the Holy Ghost. Maybe, I don't know. But what we know is that at some point, 
There were Greeks that had this experience with God and the Jews accused them of turning the world upside down. Later on, the same 17th chapter, when Paul goes to Mars Hill, uh, there were certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics. And they said, what will this babbler say? Others, some set forth strange gods. But he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Maybe Theophilus was there as one of the Epicureans or the Stoics. And he heard this story about Jesus and the resurrection. And he didn't understand it. And finally, maybe in communicating with Luke, he said, what is this about Jesus? I don't know. What we know is that he preached Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him to the Areopagus and saying, may we know what doctrine thou speakest. And we know what, what Paul did at that. He mentions to the unknown God and it's a powerful story and I, I'm not going to spend time in preaching about that story. But they said, you bring strange things to our ears. We would therefore know what you mean for all the Athenians and strangers were there that spent their time in nothing less else but to either to tell or to hear some strange new thing. Maybe Theophilus was there on Mars Hill. Maybe Theophilus was one of the Athenians that wanted to hear something new. And so he started researching and trying to figure it out. And he somehow later came in contact. The Bible says that Luke and Paul, I mean, and, and left uh, Athens and they left there and some believed and some didn't. And you can read the story of that. It doesn't tell the name. But maybe he was one of those that were searching something new. And he started asking, what, what is this new thing? I don't understand it. I don't get what you're talking about. Jesus and the resurrection. And so finally, Luke, in his communication, witnessing, if you will, to Theophilus, said, Oh, Theophilus, most excellent Theophilus, I will write you a letter. And so he started with the very beginning of the birth and the life of Jesus and all the miracles. And he wrote what we now have is the book of Luke. And it was all about Jesus and what he did and all of those things. And then he thought, well, you know what? You, how did we get to Mars Hill? Well, let me, let me keep the story going. And so then he writes the book of Acts. And he starts that. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus, Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. What? Luke was establishing to Theophilus, which we know he was not Jewish. We know from his name that he was probably Greek or had Greek heritage of some sort. They had embraced the Greek culture. Was that he knew that Theophilus understood that Christianity was real. It was happening. They were turning the world upside down. People were getting the Holy Ghost and were being baptized in Jesus' name. And they were repenting. And it was not very long after Luke wrote this that more and more folks, yes they persecuted them but more and more folks started being added to the church up until about 300 years after this whenever finally Constantine said I'm going to become a Christian and I want the whole world to become a Christian. 
Christianity, you can go through church history, and I, I'm not going to bore you. I'm not a historian to go through and talk to you about how it began and how Constantine embraced it and what he said and then the Reformation and all that. But let me tell you, it's real. It happened, and it started on the day of Pentecost, and Luke wrote about it to Theophilus saying, I want you to know Jesus started this back in the first when he was born and he lived and he died and that's why Christianity is taking over. Now, I know we're a Christian nation and it's hard for us to imagine a world without Christianity. Hard for us to imagine what it would be like to have people that would say, I don't even know who Jesus is. I've never heard of that. But that's the hour that Luke was living in. And that's why he wrote to Theophilus all about Jesus. And, and he records it in the book of Acts. Acts, the actions, the acts of the apostles. What the apostles did. It's called the book of Acts not because it's like an axe you chop down a tree. You know, and I know we laughed, you know, in Acts in 238. Because that's our famous verse, Acts 2.38. But it's not an axe like you chop down a tree. But Jesus started this. And that's what he was writing to Theophilus. I want you to understand. And, and he records the story how Jesus, before he was taken up, the last words that we have of Jesus as he was standing there in their midst and after the resurrection and after 40 days, he says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus had opened up. Luke talked about it. Matthew talked about it. Mark talked about it. How Jesus said, "I'm good." There's John the Baptist even talked about it. There's coming one after me that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And now the last words of Jesus is when he's taken up. He says, "I want you to know, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me, and you on you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth." earth and when he had take, spoken these things he was taken up out of their sight and a cloud received him again how arrogant a man that didn't have a car didn't have a bicycle didn't have a plane huh that walked everywhere he went and never walked more than probably 40 or 50 miles from his hometown huh to say you shall be witnesses unto me in the uttermost part of the earth. He didn't start preaching until he was 30 years of age. He only preached for three and a half years. Yeah, he was crucified. He was resurrection, resurrected. His ministry was stopped. And yet he has the audacity to say the uttermost part of the earth. And today, 2,000 years later, this morning I was getting a text from a gentleman in Singapore talking to me, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
last this past week, a missionary from the country of Jordan began to talk to me about what was going on there. As I sit there on my phone and I'm look, looking at different parts, I had a man from Australia talking to me the other day. My wife was there in, in Virginia Beach this past week speaking to Colombians that had come from Colombia baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about? It's a fact. I want to tell you something. You can say you don't believe it. You're not sure about it. You don't get how it happened. I'm going to tell you. Old Theophilus figured out because Luke wrote to him. He said, I'm going to tell you what happened at the very beginning. How this thing began. Jesus said it whenever he was taken up. I want you to know this is going to the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. Oh, I mean, is it there? Yes, I'm telling you. Whether you go to Africa you go to Madagascar you go wherever you go there is somebody that has been a witness to what it means to be baptized in Jesus name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and they, so he basically is telling Theophilus he said remember the miracles that were recorded in the first book the gospel of Luke remember how Jesus taught the disciples how he was fulfilling the Old Testament and you know, he has, Luke records so many of these stories in the 24th chapter. You know, he, he tells them, uh, the angels speak to those disciples that are coming to the tomb. And they say, he is not here. He is risen. But remember what he said when he was in Galilee. Saying, the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. These are the disciples being spoken to by the angels at the resurrection. Luke records what they said. And they returned from the sepulcher and they told everything to the eleven. And Luke was one of those eleven. And to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary. The mother of James. And other women that were with them. Who told these things unto the apostles. And yet their words seemed like, what? Y'all are spaced out. You're nuts. What? He's not there? The angel said to remember the words spoken at Galilee? I was going to be crucified. And Later, Luke records the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember the story? And they're walking down to Emmaus and, and this guy walks up beside them. Then we know who it was because we've read the story and we've heard it. But this guy walks up beside him and goes, hey, what y'all talking about? And they go, oh, what? You don't know what's been going on in Jerusalem? There was a guy there. And we thought he was going to be the one that was going to redeem Israel. And, and besides, this is the third day after he was crucified. And so we're headed to Emmaus. 
And they go on to say, certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. That he was not. Can you believe it? We thought he was going to redeem Israel. And it's over. We're going home. It's over. Uttermost parts of the earth. Can you believe? <laughs> Preach the gospel. This is crazy. He's dead. He's buried. We know it's been three days. And there's ladies that have come and told us, oh, he's not there. But we know that's just hysterical women. And we sing the song, you know, Peter and John heard it and they raced to the tomb. They go in to see it. And they came back after talking to the angels. And here were two disciples that didn't even believe their disciples' reports. And Jesus said to them, Fools! Slow of heart! To believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter in his glory? And then Jesus started at Moses and the prophets and began to explain the scriptures to them. They're high, you know, we know the story. Their hearts burned within them when he broke the bread and gave thanks because they remembered what he had done at the Passover, how he had broken the bread. But yet Jesus wasn't finished he goes back and appears to the disciples and you're in a room and it's like all of a sudden poof Jesus walks in not through the door and still one of the disciples said ah no, no. No, no. Unless I see the marks in his hands. Huh? These were not guys that were easily duped, folks. Amen. They were very skeptical of this whole thing. You understand? And Luke began to tell Theophilus, they questioned everything. As a matter of fact, when he, Jesus, responds to Thomas, he said, behold my hands and feet, it is I myself. And he said, these are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, and that all these things would be fulfilled and written in the law. Of, and he goes on, of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, then opened he their understanding, and that they might understand the scriptures. And so then Luke con concludes his first book, by saying it be this is written and it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and ye are witnesses of these things and I behold I send the promise of my father upon you but go tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Luke writes to Theophilus, these were skeptical guys, but they went to Jerusalem and they stayed there 
there until something happened. It happened on the day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all in one accord and one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. I want to tell you something. Christianity is not just something that somebody made up and manipulated and figured out a good way to make a new religion. These were skepticals that didn't believe nothing. They had been taught. They had been told. He had told them what he was going to do. And they looked at him like, yeah, right. They went to an empty tomb and still said it's idle words. I hate to tell you this, but even the guy that ran in the tomb looked around, saw the grave clothes, came out, saw him appear into the building. was so stressed he said well I don't know about the rest of y'all but I'm going fishing <laughs> Rodney went fishing the other day sent me pictures I haven't tasted the bluegill yet but <laughs> I got pictures of him huh? Simon Peter went fishing what are you talking about but when they made it to Jerusalem and they stayed there in the upper room and all of a sudden there was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues and they began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost came on them. Oh, I want to tell you, it changed the philosophy of these ignorant and unlearned men that did not have any business starting a new religion. They didn't have any business. Oh, what are you saying? Jesus had told them, my message is going to dominate this world and I'm here to tell you 2,000 years ago it has done just what he said it would do I don't care who tries to stop it I don't care what COVID I don't care what happens I understand we might have to go online I understand they've got more shutdowns in Singapore I get it but it's not going to stop the church because this doesn't come from man. They've gone behind the Iron Curtain in Russia and find converts. Right now in China, there are people that are getting the Holy Ghost and sitting on their hands because they don't want to raise them because they're talking in tongues and they get so excited but they don't know what to do because I want to tell you, it's real. It's real. It comes from heaven. It's not man-made. It's real. In fact, let me tell you how real it is. A Jew by the name of Saul. You know the guy that you're talking about that preached on Mars Hill? And, well, let me tell you how he started. He was threatening letters, slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. 
And he said, I'm telling you, you give me a permission and I will eradicate all these believers. Yes. I'll stop them. Yes. You know, the guy you like, Paul, let me tell you about how he got started. He hated the church. He hated the early Christians. He wanted, he was on his way. I'm going to Damascus. I'm going to find any there. If this has spread anywhere, we're going to stop it now. The next thing he knew, he was picking himself up off the ground. <laughs> because he got permission from man, he got permission from letters, but you know what? God said, hey! Saul! Saul! Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Remember? Who are you, Lord? And he said, you're not going after believers up there in Damascus. I've never been to Damascus. But when you go up there after them. I am Jesus. I started this. And I'm going to finish it. I'm the author. And the. You're not coming after. C-A-C-C-L-C whatever letter you're coming after Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith ah. oh hallelujah here's what he said I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now, I'm going to just tell you. You can keep kicking. But you're going to have sore feet. The world. Can make all kind of laws. And do anything they want. To stop the spread. Of the church. But I want to tell you. You're kicking against the pricks. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, arise, go into that city. And it shall be told thee what you must do. The same power that had allowed Jesus to rise from the dead is still able to break every chain, to break every habit. I don't care what your family has said. I don't care how you've been raised. I don't care what's happened. I understand we, we I get I get it. Things have happened and they've happened to all of us and we're going through it. But I'm here to tell you the early church, this is the body of Jesus. That's why Paul would later write he is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him seeing he ever may liveth to make intercession for them. He told Timothy in his second letter when he said, Timothy, don't have a spirit of fear. Uh, but I want you to know that there's power and love and a sound mind. He said, I want to tell you what happened to me, Timothy. There was a time whenever I stood and nobody stood with me. I was all alone. Oh, I can't make it all alone. If I had a bigger youth group, if I had a bigger church, if I had a bigger support system. Let me tell you, you got Jesus praying for you. Yeah, amen. 
I want you to have a bigger support system too, but honey, if you got Jesus, Paul said, I was there, probably was in the Colosseum, we don't know. The reason we guess the Colosseum is what he said in these verses to Timothy. You know, Timothy, don't be afraid. He said, I was there and nobody stood with me. All men forsook me. And I'm not mad at any of them. Notwithstanding. The Lord stood with me. I can't go, Sister Sarah, to your surgery. But you know what? She said, Pastor, only Larry can come see me. You know, I have some of the ladies write cards, put a scripture in it. Nobody can come. But let me tell you who's there. Yes. You know who's walking inside that office? You know who's walking right there holding your hand as you go back to the room? Oh, the doc. He doesn't even have to scrub up because he's already righteous. Huh? He said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by my preaching might be fully known that all the Gentiles might be here. And by the way, the lions that came out to eat me that day, they turned and ran. You say, well, no lions ever run from me. You don't know right now how many things the Lord has protected you from. Accidents, things that have happened, diseases, viruses, corona. Oh, I want you to know, notwithstanding the Lord as able. That's why he would tell him when he was in jail and his feet were in stocks, he would write to the Philippians, Luke, write this, I can do all things. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ. Till his enemies become his footstool. Oh, I, I'm going to stop. I, 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 I'm going to read this one. This Simon Peter that preached on the day of Pentecost was so afraid of ladies asking him questions at a midnight fire. Not in front of anybody. Simon Peter, the big fisherman, was a chicken heart when this lady said, aren't you one of those followers? No, not me. I don't know who you're talking about. I still think, not once, not twice. Now, fast forward 50 days. Fast forward the day of Pentecost. 120 people. Woo! Talking in tongues. Spill out onto the street. Dancing, shouting. Huh? Acting a fool. Acting beside themselves. Guess what? Some of them even went as far as to say, Look at these idiots! They're drunk! Yeah. 
And do you know who it was that had just received the Holy Ghost? Theophilus. Let me tell you, that guy I wrote to you about in the end of my first book, who was a chicken heart, he stood up in the midst of that crowd. And he looked at them, and they were mocking. And he said, I want you to understand. I want to tell you what's going on here. These are not drunk as you suppose. See, it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. Spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I'll pour out. Then he said, repent, be baptized. Let's stand. I'm here to tell you, Pentecost can change you. I understand. Christianity, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the Reformation and I'm thankful for all the churches that label themselves Christian. But Christianity didn't start as a 4-H group or a self-help group or a group of folks getting together to how can we conquer our bad emotions. Those are good things. It wasn't a group. We have an acts program for alcohol and all that. But that's not how Christianity started. Theophilus, you got to understand where it began. It didn't begin in passing out food to the needy and giving clothes and we're going to make a difference in our world. We're going to go to a six-day work week. That's not how Christianity started, Theophilus. It wasn't started somewhere in a think tank with a bunch of Epicureans and Stoics that got together and said, could we come up with a new solution and have a new name? And I understand we have, we did first steps this morning. We have people that come and we want them to be connected to the body. And I get all of that, but that's not how it started. Theophilus, you got to understand how it began. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are afar off. Theophilus, you can experience what we experienced on the day of Pentecost. This started when Jesus started it and he's still working on it till he comes back. I'm here to tell you, you can have the Holy Ghost this morning. You can be baptized in Jesus' name this morning. I'll shake your hand. I'll welcome you to the church family. But there's something that can come straight from heaven.